Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Uh, But stand to your feet. We're going to jump into Scripture. Romans 8, Chapter 5. Romans 8, uh, Chapter 5. Uh, We're going to be continuing the thought and the message from this past Sunday, which was on the hunger after God and lining up with his righteousness. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 5. This is uh, the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Rome. Um, and this this church is a, is a mixed bag. It's not just uh, Jewish people, but it's also Gentiles who are a part of this church, mostly Gentiles who are a part of this church in Rome. And this is what he says in verse 5. He says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Everybody say think. They think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful sinful nature control. Everybody say control. Letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your, your life your mind leads to life and peace for the sinful nature is always hostile to God it never did obey God's laws and it never will can I just say this on our own we can never in our own flesh and desires we can never on our own please God sometimes we can get confused and sometimes we can think that we can do good all by ourselves but can I say you can't do good all by yourself that you need Jesus in your life to be able to please him it says it never will verse 8 and that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God but you turn your neighbor say you but you are not controlled by your sinful nature you are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of god living in you come on who's thankful for the spirit of god living in them says and remember those who do not have the spirit of christ living in them do not belong to him at all verse 10 and christ lives within you so even though your body will die because of sin the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with god who's thankful we've been made right with god tonight Now we're going to jump to Matthew 5, verse 5. Matthew 5, verse 5. This is going to be the last scripture. This is Jesus talking now. He said, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Bless those who hunger. Everybody say hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. For they shall be filled. They shall be filled. The thought and title for tonight is very simple. The the title is this, Hungering After Righteousness. Hungering After Righteousness. And I looked it up. Hungering is a word. Hungering is a word. Come on, let's pray over tonight. Father, we thank you for what you're doing, God, in this place. God, we dedicate this service to you. We thank you, Father, for allowing us, for giving us the opportunity, God, for giving us, God, even the choice 
to follow after you, to spend time in your presence, God, to, to, God, to build up on, God, our righteousness in you, God, to align our lives with you, Father. So we say, let your will be done tonight. Let your Holy Spirit take over. We get out of the way, God, so that way you can, Father, have your way. So we thank you for breakthroughs, God. We thank you, God, for, God, change breaking, Father. We thank you for your will being done, that your Spirit, God, is going to have his way, and we're going to see lives be transformed tonight. In the name of Jesus, and everybody says, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise tonight. Y'all can be seated. Thank y'all for standing in honor of reading the word of God. So Haley and I's daughter, Selah, is not here tonight. Uh, she is with um, what we call, or she calls, Honey and Pop Pop. Um, Haley's parents, Pastor Bob and Pastor Don, they're at the house watching Selah. Uh, but Selah turned one year old last month. And uh, it's crazy how time flies. And one of the first things that we learned as parents is that when you have a baby, uh, your baby will let you know when they are hungry. When your baby is hungry, they will let you know. From the time they, they are born... When they are hungry, right, they will let you know, and a lot of times it's just them crying and whining. And isn't it funny, um, after a few months of having a newborn, you begin to recognize what's a hungry cry, what's a painful cry, and what's a sleepy cry, right? And all of a sudden you begin to notice, and so right away you begin to, to the baby begins to communicate their hunger um, and their desire for food, and it's been really cool to watch the progression of Selah to go from, uh, right, from the progression from going to just being hungry for milk to being hungry for baby food to now uh, she eats basically the same food that we eat but in smaller portions, right? Now she's eating table food, and uh, she's been eating table food for the last three to four months now, and the next thing that Selah has developed over that time is now she will still let us know when she is hungry, but she will also know what she is hungry for. Before, you know, when she first started eating food, whatever he put in front of her, she ate, right? It didn't matter what it was. If we put it in front of her, she ate. But over time, she has now developed a palate. She has now developed things that she craves, and so now it's not that easy anymore to get her to eat her vegetables and her fruit. That when we put it in front of her, it's funny, we'll put all these things in front of her and we're trying to mix it up, right? We'll mix up the broccoli with the chicken and with the that, so she, you know, hopefully she can't recognize, but she'll pick it up, look at it, and here's the funny thing. We have, a, you know, our dog's uh, Shiloh. Now, Selah and Shiloh are best friends because when Selah sees something she doesn't like, she throws it at Shiloh. <laughs> and then Shiloh eats it, and Shiloh thinks, you know, they're, and they're best friends. And, and now it's gotten to a point where Selah, she, like, you know, they're best friends now. So now she looks out for Shiloh. And when she looks and she doesn't see Shiloh while she's eating, she will literally whine for Shiloh because she wants to feed Shiloh her, her food that she doesn't want to eat. But... Now we have to get very creative um, to get Selah to eat uh, the food that is healthy for her. Because it's like any, any good parent, right? 
we don't want to just give our child the things that they hunger for and that they crave because if we do that, they're never going to eat anything healthy, right? And so as good parents, we had to get creative. And because Haley is such a super mom, uh, she uh, made a, a, a mix today, a smoothie today um, that had all the vitamins and vegetables that she liked. And this was uh, Sayla. I think we have a picture of Sayla. This is what she looked like after lunch today. <laughs> and so she has that smoothie all over her face. Um, but what she doesn't know is that that smoothie was the food she didn't want to eat. But Haley made it, and she put it in a smoothie and made it taste a little better, and so she ate it. And, um, but now, as parents, we wanted to do that, right, because we wanted to make sure um, that she was uh, not just eating things that were unhealthy, but eating things that were healthy uh, for her. Um, but just as much as all the parents in the room, just as much as we want our children to eat and to hunger uh, for healthy things, how much more then do you think that our Father in heaven, uh, God, wants his spiritual children to hunger and to eat for healthy things, right? Like, just as much as, uh, as parents, I remember, like Haley says, my parents say I'm a picky eater. Right? They always say I'm a picky eater. I just like to say I'm a man who knows what he wants. That's what I say. But I remember I was growing up a picky eater, and maybe this is where Sayla gets it from. Um, you know, my parents really made sure, right, just like every good parent, that we would eat, that their children would eat their fruits and veggies because, right, it was healthy for them. And there's so much more. Just it's like that God wants us, his children. He's a good father, right? He wants us, his children, not just to hunger after the things of the world and be filled on things of the flesh, but he wants us to hunger after things of the spirit and to be filled with the good things that he provides. Amen? And that is what God desires for us. And this is what Paul was talking about in Romans 8. He was talking about how we have these natures on the inside of us and what we hunger for and that we can either hunger for things that are of our sinful nature or we can hunger after the things of the spirit. Let's look back at what it said in Romans 8 verse 7. It, re it reads this. It says, for the sinful nature is always hostile to God. Everybody say hostile. Always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit. Come on, someone say the Spirit. Say so you are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God uh, living in you. See, when we accept Jesus on the inside of us, when we accept him in our hearts, uh, a sign of that acceptance is that by the help and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we begin to no longer hunger after the things of the old and of the flesh. We begin to de develop a hunger after the things of God, right? Like when we said yes to Jesus, we went from things that were dead to now things that were alive. Scripture says that we became a new creation and that the old man is gone. Come on, who's thankful that the old man is gone? 
But a sign that we have made Jesus Lord and Savior over our life is that we no longer have a hunger that is driving us for the things that are old, but now we have a hunger that is driving us for the things of the new. Now, this doesn't happen overnight, and let me tell you, this won't happen uh, by you trying to live for Jesus by yourself. This happens with the help and the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. If you, try to, if you try to follow after God without the help of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, you're going to have a tough time. You're going to have a hard time following after God. But that's why Jesus said, when I leave, I'm going to send a helper. Everybody say helper. He said, when I leave, I'm going to send a helper, and he's going to be able to direct, to comfort, to lead, and to guide you into the things of God. So that's why it's so important for us to be intentional with the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force you to follow him. The same way I can't force Selah to swallow her broccoli, right? Believe me, I tried. I tried to sneak the broccoli in sometimes, you know, tried that trick. As she's eating the chicken, you're like, whoop, try to... Put that broccoli in her mouth. And she later one time, I put, she had both, she had the broccoli in one cheek, the chicken in the other. She chewed the chicken and spit out the broccoli. <laughs> I said, man, I can't get anything past her. The same way the Holy Spirit can't force us to, to follow and hunger after him, it's, it's the same way. But that's why it's our choice. It's our choice to follow and to hunger and to have that, that, that choice to follow after him. But here's the thing, and I believe that Paul was trying to communicate. He was saying this. We, we have two choices, right? We have two choices. And whatever you choose to hunger for is what you will be filled with. And that's the first thought for tonight is that whatever you hunger for, everybody say hunger, what you hunger for is what you will be filled with. If you hunger for the things of the world, then you will be filled with the things of the world. It doesn't matter if you know who Jesus is. If you still hunger after the things of the world, you will be filled with the things of the world. If you hunger after lustful things, you will be filled with lustful thinking. If you hunger after the things of the flesh, you will be filled with the things of the flesh. If you hunger after Taco Bell, eventually you're going to eat Taco Bell. But who's thankful if you hunger after the Spirit? Scripture says, if you hunger after the Spirit, you will be filled. If you hunger after Him, you will be filled. If you hunger after peace, if you hunger after joy, if you hunger for the things of God, you will be filled with the things of God. Scripture doesn't say this. Scripture doesn't say when you hunger after God, he hides from you. Scripture doesn't say that, but you'd be surprised. Some people think that. I have many conversations that say, hey, I, I'm, I'm so, like, I'm trying to look for God, but I can't find him. I'm like, dude, he's not hiding from you. I hate to break it to you, right? Like, as much as you want to communicate with God, God wants to communicate with you a hundred times more. He doesn't make it hard. 
Following after God is not difficult. If it's difficult for you to follow after God, to communicate with God, there's something that we need to change because God didn't say, hey, if you hunger after me, I'm going to hide. I'm going to run from you. I'm going to make it difficult. No. He said, if you hunger after me, you will be filled. It's that simple. If you have a hunger for God, you will be filled. Come on, if you're hungry for God, give him a shout of praise tonight. If you're hungry after God, he will leave us satisfied. And, he will, and we will never go hungry for anything else. A few weeks ago, as you all know, we had the 21-day fast. Um, first of all, who enjoyed the 21-days of fasting, first fruits? Some, yeah, I, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I know it's difficult. We completed the 21 days of, of fasting a couple weeks ago, and Haley and I did the Daniel's fast, and it was, I'm not going to lie, it, you know, it wasn't the easiest thing in the world for me, okay? And, uh, but we did it. We did the Daniel's fast. We stayed true to it. And I remember at the beginning um, of that fast, and you remember, you know, um, Haley says I'm a picky eater, right? I'm not admitting it, right? But Haley says I am. But I remember early in the fast, I'm at the house, and, you know, we're, in, we're probably about a week into the fast. I'm at the house, and um, I'm hungry for a snack, right? So I look in the pantry, and I look in the fridge, and it's all, right, fast-friendly food, right? So it's all fruit and veggies and vegan stuff, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm hungry. There's really nothing to eat, um, but there is this package of hummus, right? There's this package of hummus, and I was like, look, I'm hungry. But I'm not hummus hungry, right? <laughs> like, I'm hungry, but I, I'm not hungry enough to eat that. And so um, I closed the fridge and then, you know, I was like, went back to doing whatever I was doing. But the hungrier I got, the better that hummus looked. <laughs> the hungrier I got, I began to say, maybe that hummus isn't so bad, you know, after all. But the hungrier I got, the better that hummus looked until eventually I gave in because I was so hungry. Eventually I, I gave in. I think my pride broke. And I ate that hummus and I had some veggie chips and it was good. And I was like, Haley, get some more of that, of that hummus. But see, at first I was too prideful and stubborn to eat the hummus, right? Because I was like, I'm not hungry enough for that. But the hungrier I got the more humble I became. The hungrier I got for food, the more humble I became. And before I knew it, what I thought I was too good for, because I was hungry enough, I ate that hummus. But you know there's actually scripture on that? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. This is the people of Israel. This is God or this is Moses talking to them. And the people of Israel, if you know them, they were very prideful and entitled. But it says this in verse 3. It says, so he humbled. Everybody say humbled. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger. Everybody say hunger. It says he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might take, uh, make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. See, when the Israelites left Egypt, 
even though they left captivity, if you've read scripture before, you know that these people, this, the, the Israelites, were very stubborn, prideful, and for some reason entitled, right? They even told and complained to God. They even complained to God. It says in scripture, they looked up to God and say, while they were in the wilderness, they looked up to God and said, where's all the meat? That we're hungry for meat. Even in Egypt, we had all the meat we could eat. But what's funny is that they didn't mention that in Egypt they were slaves. Isn't that funny about what sin and flesh will do? That whenever it will begin to tell you about what the good things it could be, but it doesn't mention the death it will lead to. And it begins to make it look like, and you can begin to like look back like, of other things, and maybe the old, like, man, maybe I can go back there and things will be all right. But you forget that you were a slave in captivity to sin once, but now you're free in Christ, and now nothing can hold you down. Why? Because of Jesus on the inside of you. But in that scripture, the more hungry they became, or they were, the more humbler, more humble they became. And even though they were at some point where they said, hey, all we want to eat is meat, the more hunger they had on the inside of them for God, the more humility they had, and now they were received the manna from heaven. That's the thought number two for tonight is this, is that hunger coincides with humbleness. Everybody say humbleness. Hunger coincides with humbleness. You know what the number one sign I really look for for people who say they're hungry after God? The number one sign that really says that it's true is if they have that spirit of humility or not. I remember this one time we were at a CARES event. Uh, we had a mother's outreach, and uh, it was an awesome um, event. We uh, had um, packages of diapers and, and baby formula and wipes, and we had all these uh, products for, for moms and spa products, and we gave out, I think, over like 100 packages to the community, and it was an awesome, awesome event. But I remember a volunteer came up to me about midway through the, through the event, and they were kind of, you know, a little new to the church. And they, and they asked, they said, well, Pastor CJ, you know, I want to help. Where can I help? I'm like, I, I want to serve. And I said, I said, great. I said, that's great. And I said, here, take this sign that says free diapers on it, right? I, we've learned this in outreach. When you put the word free, everybody starts to come, right? When they say the word free. I said, take this sign that says free diapers on it. Go stand on Navarro with the other people who are holding signs. And so that way that will draw people in, drive in by, so that way we could serve more people, right? Very simple request. And that volunteer walked away, and I thought they were going to, you know, walk and go to Navarro. But I saw that volunteer go, get in their car, and drive off. And I said, well, I said, well God bless them. And I, and I later find out that they were offended because that, they thought that they were too... They thought it was beneath them just to hold a sign on Navarro, on the side of the street. But can I tell you this? If you're really hungry after God, it doesn't matter what he asks you to do. It doesn't matter what he's put on your heart. You're going to have the humility to do it. Why? Because you're that hungry for God. You're that hungry to serve him. You're that hungry to say, I, what do I got to do? Do I got to sleep the floors? Do I got to serve an RK? What do I have to do, God? Because nothing is above me. Why? Because I'm hungry for more of you. And that's what I've learned about having hunger after God. 
is that it will make you even more humble to do whatever he's asked you to do. It will break down the pride that you begin to think that is stopping you. And, and isn't that this really the, anytime you come, have you ever done this like you spend some time with Jesus and the things you thought were above you, the thing, or, or, or really beneath you, I should say, the things that you thought were beneath you, after spending time in prayer, now you feel like that urge and that desire to go do it? Like, have you prayed where you say, well, I'm not going to talk to this person about Jesus. I'm not going to reach out to them. I'm not going to do this. But you go into a time of prayer, and because you begin to have a hunger after him, he begins to fill you uh, with the direction that you need to go. And now all of a sudden you have that humility to say, God, use me. Everybody say, God, use me. Because here's the thing about God using you is that you better be ready not only to have hunger for him, but have the humility to obey him. But the more you hunger after him, the more you begin to say, God, I just want more of you and less of me. I learned the greatest prayer you can say sometimes is say, God, more of you and less of me, Lord. More of the spirit and less of the flesh. God, I want more of you. I'm hungry for more. I'm hungry for more of you, God. And as he begins to download on the inside of you, begin to see your humility and your humbleness begin to grow. And that's really a sign that you're following after God. It's things that you thought that you could never see yourself doing. Now you're doing. Why? Because God is, now you're saying, hey, it's not about me anyways, right? It's about serving God and doing his purpose. Amen? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, stay humble. Stay humble. Stay humble. I tell, I tell the young guys all the time, you know, one of the ways I really tell, because first of all, who's thankful for the next generation that is there that we have here in the house? I'll say that one more time. Who's thankful for the next generation? You know, we have a lot of uh, uh, youth guys who help out a lot. And how I know they're really hungry after God is that they'll serve anywhere. There's been times, I've, you know, just had to get things done. My like, guys, my boys, we need you here, and we're going to be organizing stores. And they'll say, just tell me when, right? They'll say, I'm, yes, sir, I'm here. Just tell me when. And it really shows Right, their hunger for God because they have that humility uh, to follow after him. But one of the things I always say to them, I say, boys, just remember two things. Stay hungry and stay humble. Amen. Amen. Stay hungry and stay humble. When I was uh, thinking about that and just having the hunger and, and humility and, and really the aspects that fall in line with that, a passage has kept on coming to my spirit. And, and it's in Matthew 15, verse 22. Matthew verse 15 uh, or chapter 15, verse 22. This is the passage of Scripture about this, this Gentile woman. Now, Jesus, he's in this, he's in this ministry, and he's, and he's really going throughout all of Judea, and he's, and he's healing people, and he's miracle signs and wonders are taking place, and, 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 and the broken are being mended, and the hurt are being healed, and miracle and miracle after miracle is taking place, and he then goes out to a place that's outside of Judea. It's actually in a, in, in a town that is a Gentile city. And if you don't know what Gentile means, it just means that you're not Jewish. And so it was a non-Jewish town that Jesus is in. And it says this in verse 22. It says, a Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. For my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. 
But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. He said, tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all of her begging. But here's the thing about this woman. This woman was hungry. This woman was hungry for the move of God. Then Jesus said to the woman, he said, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Paul actually writes in the book of Romans that when Jesus came, he actually writes this. He says, you know, the gospel came to, to really go to the, to the Jewish nation first and then the Gentiles. Anybody remember that? But then it is also right that then the time will come, right, where there is no Jew nor Gentile, where there's his sons and daughters of God. Who's thankful that we are the sons and daughters of God? But at that time, in that context, Jesus' mission, really first goal in mind and perspective was to the Jewish nation. And so when this Gentile woman was approaching him, he was saying, he said this, Jesus said this, he said, look, my first mission is to God's lost sheep the people of Israel the Jewish people but verse 25 says this but she came and worshiped him pleading again Lord help me someone say Lord help me Lord help me if there's three important words that you can say is Lord help me sometimes the only three words you know to say is Lord help me sometimes the only thing you can say is Lord help me but let me encourage you with this if all you know what to say is Jesus help me that's all you need to say that's all you have to say that's all you got to say because once you say Jesus help me he is there with us See, she was, she was so hungry after God, even when Jesus said, look, I'm here to meet the needs of the Jewish people first. Even after that, she was still persistent. See, there's times in life to where we will approach, where we will we'll pray, and maybe it doesn't happen where we want it to happen. Has that ever happened to somebody or just me? You begin to pray, you begin to believe, and it doesn't line up with your timeline. It doesn't line up with the how you thought it should work or the when you thought it should work. But if you're hungry for God, that's not going to stop you. If you're hungry for the things of God, if you're hungry for the presence of God, if you're hungry for the move of God, that's not going to stop you. And that didn't stop this woman. She said, Lord, help me. But then Jesus said this in, in verse 26. He said, it isn't right to take the food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Everybody say, oof. Man. But she replied with this. She said, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. She said this. She said, that's true. But I'm so hungry. Even if it means it's just the crumbs and the scraps. I'm so hungry. I'm so, I'm, I'm so at that place of humility. I'm so hungry, God, that I will take what I can get. That I will push and I will persevere. I'm so hungry even if the breakthrough doesn't look perfect. Even if the timeline doesn't look right. Even if I don't really see how it's going to work out. I'm so hungry for the move of God. I'm showing up anyways. I'm praying to you, God, anyways. Even if it doesn't go how I think it should go, God, I'm still believing anyways. Because I have that hunger for you, God. I have that hunger for the move of, of God to take place in my life. I have that hunger to see my family be saved. 
I have that, I have that hunger to see the people in my life who are sick to be healed. I have that hunger that even when it looks like it's not the full meal I think I deserve, even if this is crumbs on the ground, God, I'm hungry enough. I'm hungry enough, God, that even when it doesn't look perfect, I'm still going to press in. And then Jesus said this in verse 28. He said, dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great and your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly, everybody say instantly, instantly healed. Worship team, you can join me. Jesus saw the faith of this Gentile woman. Now, there's only two instances where, where Jesus told somebody that their faith was great, right? The first instant was the centurion, and the second instant was this woman right here. And here's a crazy thing, too. Both of those people were Gentiles. They weren't Jewish. But he saw this woman who was so hungry for the move of God, so hungry to see God heal her daughter so hungry to see a turnaround a breakthrough so hungry just to just to be able to see that the fruits and to see the the chains to see the the transformation so hungry for that even when things weren't perfect her faith was still persistent even when things weren't how she thought it should be or didn't go according to plan her faith was still persistent and she said, God, I'm hungry even if it means I got to pray a little longer. I'll tell you this, if you're hungry for God, you'll wake up early to pray. Let me tell you that. If you're really hungry for God's presence, you'll make it a church. Can I say that? Y'all are, this is deeper service. Y'all, I'm speaking to the choir right now. But if you're hungry for God, you'll make it happen. If you're hungry for God, you'll stay up 15 minutes longer and you'll read your Bible. If you're really hungry for God, you'll do it. And when, you're hung, when that hunger for God begins to grow, your faith begins to grow with it. That's point three for tonight. Is that hunger for God produces, everybody say produces. Hunger for God produces a persistent faith. There's so many stories I can say. There's so many testimonies I know that are in the room. That you are so hungry for a miracle. You are so hungry for a breakthrough that even when it didn't happen right away, that didn't stop you. That even when it happened when you thought it should happen, that didn't stop you from praying. That even when, though, you were praying for, for months to see your son or daughter come back to God and even though it didn't happen right away that didn't stop you from praying for them because you were hungry you were you were desperate to see God's hand move I know there's been so many times that that hunger for the move of God strengthened our faith enough to be persistent until it happened to be persistent and not give up. To be persistent even when things weren't going according to plan. Because that's what hunger for God will do. 
Because if you have a prayer, and I think we all should have a prayer to be hungry for more of God, but let me tell you what it will do. A hunger for God will push you outside your comfort zone. A true hunger for God, it's going to push you outside your comfort zone. If you think you can be hungry for God, but stay in your routine, I hate to break it to you. If you can say you can be hungry for God, but stay in your, in your little schedule and things and think, God, I want to be hungry for you, but I want to be comfortable at the same time. It doesn't work like that. But your hunger for God, it will push you outside your comfort zone. Your hunger for God will say, look, God, I, I normally don't do this. I normally don't step out and, and pray for people. I, I normally don't wake up at, in, in the early mornings and pray. I normally don't do that, but I'm so hungry right now for you. I'm going to step outside my comfort zone. I, I, I have such a strong desire for more of your presence in my life that I'm going to step outside my normal routine. I'm going to step outside my schedule. I'm going to step outside my comfort zone. And that's what hunger for God, it, it will push, it, push us out of what we feel is convenient in our life and push us into where we know we should be. Just how my hunger for food pushed me outside my comfort zone and I ate some hummus, let me tell you this, our hunger for God will push us outside of our faith comfort zone of our joy comfort zone, of our peace comfort zone. It will push us outside of there. We're going to say, I didn't think this was what's possible, but I'm so glad I followed after God. And that I was hungry for a move of God. That I was hungry for a breakthrough. I was so hungry for a miracle that I stepped outside my comfort zone. Because I don't want us to live a life starving for the world because that's what the world will do. When we're hungry for the world, even when we get filled, we'll, it still leaves us starving for more. Even when we get filled, for somehow, when you hunger for the, for the world, when you get filled by that, it leaves you even more empty. It leaves you even more uncertain. It leaves you even more in a place where you're saying, uh, it, it doesn't fulfill you in any way. It promised fulfillment, but it just leaves you feeling empty. But when you hunger after God, when you hunger after His Spirit, when you hunger for more for Him, only God can leave you feeling fulfilled. Amen. There's been so many times where I'm sure it's happened in your life. I know it's happened in mine to where I was like, God, I just need more for you. And, and the world doesn't have what I need. The world can't offer the peace that I need. The world can't offer that purpose that I need. The world can't offer that joy that I need. The world can't offer it. And if you aren't careful, you'll find yourself trying to fit the world into a God-sized hole on the inside of you. And it's just going to leave you feeling empty. Trying to fill it with people, with, with whatever it is, the things of the world, the culture, with money, and trying to fill that... And this leaves you feeling even more empty. But when you hunger after God, it's so simple. When you hunger after God, He's going to fill you up. And even though the world might say you don't have a lot, you're going to say, well, guess what? In the Spirit, I have more than anybody else because I'm filled to the brim. I have peace. I have joy. I have confidence. I have a purpose in Him. 
And maybe it doesn't look like the riches of the world, but man, the riches of the kingdom of God is so much more. Maybe it doesn't look like we're filled up with what the world says we are, but when we're filled up with God, we have so much more. Things that money can't buy and things that people can't give. But here's what's exciting about that. If the world can't give it, the world can't take it away. But when the God gives what we need and we require, no man can take it. No storm can take it. Nothing can remove it because God is all we need. Amen. Stand to your feet. I'm closing. John chapter 4, verse 13, this is Jesus talking to the woman at the well. This woman who is trying to fill her needs with relationships and people. This woman was, had been in five marriages and been divorced five times and was in the middle of her six relationships. She was trying to fill a hole with people and relationships and things that couldn't feel. Can I say this? If you try to put a God-sized weight of feeling that, that hole on the inside of you on people, people are never gonna be able to hold that. If you try to put that weight on somebody and say, hey, I'm relying on you to fulfill God's shoes, no person is capable of that. But then Jesus talked to her and met her at the will. And he says this in verse 13. It says, Jesus replied and said, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. He said, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. Everybody say again. That's what happens when we hunger after the world. It will just leave you feeling even more emptier than you were before. But then verse 14. It says, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. When you hunger after the things of the flesh, we'll be left feeling empty. But when we hunger after God, we'll be left feeling fulfilled. I'm going to close with this thought, then we're going to pray. I'm going to close with this thought. Is that when we hunger and thirst after God, we will never be left feeling empty again. When we hunger and thirst after God, we will never be left feeling empty again. I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know where you are watching online. I don't know if you've been trying to feel that hunger that you have that only God can fill. I don't know if you've been trying to fill it with people, with relationships, with money, with resources of the world, with some type of cultural uh, aspiration. I don't know what you're trying to fill that with, but let me tell you this. If it's not Jesus, you're just going to be left feeling empty. If the answer isn't God, then you're just going to be left feeling even more empty than before. But when you just say, God, I want to hunger after you. When you say, God, I just want to hunger and thirst after righteousness. When you say, God, I don't want to 
look for these things of the world anymore to fill me up. I want to look up to you. I don't want to look to the left or right anymore. I want to look up to you. I don't want to look to, to people, to politics, to, to money, to things, whatever it is anymore to fill me up. God, I want to look up to you. That's when you will be fulfilled. Let's pray right now. With every hand lifted, God, we pray. If there's anybody under the sound of my voice who feel empty tonight, who feel like they've been going from emptiness to emptiness, from trying to go from thing to thing of the world to make themselves feel fulfilled, to make try to make themselves feel in the purpose or loved or trying to feel that hole on the inside of them with anything other than you, God, right now, Father, we thank you for your spirit entering the atmosphere. We thank you, God, right now, God, for filling us up. We thank you right now, Father, for filling us up with more of you. God, filling us up with more of your spirit, filling us up right now with, God, more of your power, more of your strength, God, more of your joy, God, more of your peace right now. Come on, if you need peace in the atmosphere, begin to reach up because peace is here. Come on, if you need more strength right now, come on, reach up because the strength of the Lord is here. If you need joy right now, reach up. Joy is here. Don't look to the left or to the right. Look up tonight and be filled with the Spirit of God. Be filled with the strength of the Lord. Be filled with the things of God. And you will never be left feeling empty again. You will never be left craving for anything else again but then the things of God. Come on, let's sing out tonight. Come on, let's worship tonight. Come on, let's be hungry tonight. Let's present to God's presence tonight. Come on, let's hunger after His presence right now. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.